on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Is that how you're motivated yeah. is like tell you can't do something and then you're going to go do it? You know, looking back now that you asked the question, that's probably exactly it because, you know, I've always had that chip on my shoulder of go ahead and underestimate me mm -hmm. and let me prove you wrong. You know, so that's, uh, that's really, yeah, uh, this, this, a podcast or a therapy session? Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a couple breakthroughs here. So, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> you are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Shaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. I've got Lee Nugent on the King stage. Brother, thank you so much for coming today. How are you? Yeah, man. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, brother. So we're we're actually, it's it's one of those days where we're supposed to be on vacation, Memorial Day. <laughs> this won't be dropping on Memorial Day, but when you're listening to this, you'll know that, you know, kings in the business, sometimes you take vacation, sometimes you don't. And here we are, we're working and uh, we're trying to provide value to people who aren't there yet. So Lee, tell us what kind of business you got, man. Well, real estate and real estate related businesses. My wife and I, we've got a number of rental properties that we built up starting in 2015. And well, it just started expanding. You know, Kiyosaki, actually, you can look in there and you'll see Rich Dad Poor Dad over my shoulder there. Yep. One of the things it talks about is creating seven streams of revenue. And I heard a great concept one time that talked about create the river and the streams will come. And, you know, we just started on real estate and it did. So it shot off to short-term rentals, property management company, a brokerage, real estate coaching, mentoring, things like that. So, yeah, love it, man. Lots of, lots of uh, different angles that we can go as far as your history, but I love what you said there as far as creating the river and the streams will come. I think that in every, at least serial entrepreneur, that we're always at least open to the idea of like, how does this turn into something else or, or maybe not else, but in addition to, right? Yeah. And it sounds like you've done that well in real estate. So before we dig too much into your history though, I've got to ask at this stage in the game, why do you still do what you do? You could probably sail into the sunset. Yeah. So there's, there's a few reasons. One of them is just that one of my favorite quotes is it's not about the money. It's about the freedom that the money provides. So I plan on living an incredible life. And with that, you need to have some freedom with it, right? Uh, yeah. One of my goals is in, within the next seven years, I want to take my wife on one of those chartered Mediterranean yachts. Oh, so yeah. you can't do that if you're only sitting there making 30000 a month. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny because what you just said, I don't think people realize the weight of what you just said. You can't do that if you're only making thirty k a month. Thirty k. you're talking about three hundred sixty k for the year, which is darn near top 1%. But you have to understand the freedom is what you're saying. It's not really about That's the right. money. It's about the freedom yeah. that keeps pushing you forward. 30, 50, 100, 200, a million a month, whatever it is, right? Is there a specific number yeah. that you're after? Yeah, yeah, I know. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable just to hear it. But I'm looking for 1.2 million a year. There you go. 
Yeah. No, that's just my base, right? So that's the passive income. That's not the right. active of other businesses because any entrepreneur retirement doesn't really come for us. Uh, I don't feel that it does. I think that we just go to a different level of it. And whenever I say that, that 1.2 a year, that's just my passive. That's, that's what I set as my beginning benchmark into retirement, as you would yeah. put it. Yeah. Um, I love it. There's another part to that, you know, and it's that further insulation for risk. Like I explained to somebody, yeah. if your net worth is a hundred dollars and you lost half of it, that's going to be more detrimental than if you've got 10 million and lost half. So yeah. just that further insulation, you know, as we know, we're living in some crazy times right now. That's right. And with that, it comes with eviction moratoriums, well, related to real estate and mm -hmm. government stepping in to tell you different ways that you can and can't control your businesses. That's the other one. And then last is obviously legacy. I think yeah. that we all do it for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Legacy is a huge play. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that further, but <clears throat> I relate to that, but the, the freedom piece really is the, it's, it's the marching order, whether, whether the listener realize it or not, it's, it's yeah. why every entrepreneur has started the side hustle or they're in the six figure business now, or they finally gotten to seven or even eight figures. That's the dream. It's to be able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, however you want. It's, it's real freedom. And the reality of it is, like you said, is that it, that comes down to not just income, but income not associated to my action. And so the listener today is most likely a six-figure business. And so they're maybe dreaming of creating this business system that Kiyosaki talks about inside their business, or potentially one day being able to invest in real estate or other assets that can produce this uh, passive income that you talk about. But right now they're trying to figure out the X's and O's and they're trying to get to where they can even like maybe have this headspace to be able to do so. So I'm curious, obviously you, you like pretty quickly there, you had your number which I, we didn't plan that. I, I didn't know that ahead of time, right? Yeah. So have you always been like that? Like I'm going to kind of peel away some of your, your history here, but like, have you always been numbers oriented? You know where you're going, targets, that type of thing? Or is that new? Man, let me tell you, until I was 35 years old and I'm 42 now for anybody listening, I really didn't have anything together until about that time in my life. Both my parents had passed away, my father in 07, my mother in 2014. And it was kind of a catalyst for me that kind of said, hey, look, if you really plan on building a life, you might want to start now. And my parents lived relatively short lives by today's, you know, modern medicine standards. Sure. And like I explained to my, to my wife, I said, I don't know how long of a time I've got. So I know that I can't just drag it out until the projected end. So that's where we decided that, look, I don't know exactly what it's going to take, but let's get started and we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. So this, uh, this event or a couple events with, with family members kind of put it in perspective for you around like, wow, maybe I don't have that much time. And if these yeah. things are important to me, legacy or building a life, doing cool stuff, real freedom in that moment, what do you, was it, was it, or maybe it was both actually, I'm, I'm asking a question here. Were you running or were you motivated by the pain of that moment of like seeing your parents go early and kind of it like shaking you and, or going like, oh man, running now towards like, I've always said that I want these things. So I, I probably should get, get, get moving towards them. Or was it both? So I was always, well, I was always a dreamer, right? As okay. a child. So okay. not only was I that kid that you saw Superman for the first time, then you go and you grab, you know, a towel out of the, out of the yep. bathroom. And now you sit there, think you can fly. Well, I always had that dream about money. 
you know, because we grew up what I call country poor. You know, there were times we didn't have electricity. You know, we, that's, that's probably the most common thing I ever heard my parents argue about was money or lack thereof. And it's, it's not that they, you know, didn't work hard. They did. They worked themselves to early graves, but what they didn't understand was finances, budgeting. And unfortunately it wasn't passed along to me to that that was important. You know, what was important is get a job and put in 40 years and, you know, then you can retire with a gold watch. And, you know, that just never sat well with me. Something about that said, there's got to be a better way. And it wasn't until I really met my wife until I started to realize that there are better ways. Because when we were dating, she, she saw me living paycheck to paycheck, making 40 grand a year. And she was like, you know, if we're ever going to get serious about us, you've got to get serious about yourself. And I'm telling you that, you know, that was one of those moments, you know, that I was like, Oh, all right, well, let me start getting more serious. You know, uh, there's so much packed into what you just said. I love it from you not having the, you know, the upbringing. I totally relate to that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially I put out the stat the other day, I looked it up. It was like 80% of all millionaires are self-made, meaning they didn't come from money. You and me, the exact same scenarios, right? Where for you, like along the way, or was it specifically just your wife or was it a mixture of like your wife having like a background in finance or just kind of challenging you and then you figuring it out, like describe a little bit more of that moment there. So it was more so the challenge, but also finally putting people in my life that believed in me. Mm. That was, that was key for me. Whenever I was a child, really nothing was expected. You know, whenever I was 16, 17, my junior year in high school, I was failing and my dad gave me the option. He said, look, go ahead. You can drop out. And I don't, I don't understand to this if he meant that in a way to motivate me, but that's what it did. Uh, He said, look, you can go ahead and drop out. I can get you a job over here at a, at a lumber mill to start. And just the thought of manual labor, you know, was like, you know, I just, I I like to tinker with my hands, but to make a living with it, you know, I know what that does to a body. It breaks down the body prematurely. And, you know, you're sitting there 40 with a bad back and nothing else going on for you. So that's where I said, no, that, that won't be me. And to the day, knock on wood, that's, that's where it still is. So you went, you went right back to class and started getting good grades. Well, I got passable grades. So (laughs) big difference, man. (laughs) Spoken like a true um, entrepreneur. (laughs) Exactly. So I was able to skate in just under that or just over that graduation mark. There you go. uh, You know, I never really looked back to to high school anyway. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that the the education piece, at least entrepreneurs, anybody who's listening to this show, they're obviously interested in educating themselves to a degree, right? They're trying to yes. they're trying to pick up nuggets, right? So I think that's where you and I maybe can super agree. We've already been so agreeable on many things, but you know, the the box of school, I, I, you know, maybe maybe it helped me a little bit and 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 taught me some different principles, but how to think or or how to process money or understand finance like None of that. And so it sounds like you picked it up along the way. And it also sounds like not only your dad, but then your wife later on were the ones that kind of poked or challenged you. Is that how you're motivated is like, tell you can't do something and then you're going to go do it? You know, looking back now that you asked the question, that's probably exactly it. Because, you know, I've always had that chip on my shoulder of go ahead and underestimate me and Mm -hmm. let me prove you wrong. You know, so that's, uh, that's really, yeah, this 
this a podcast or a therapy session? Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a couple of breakthroughs here. So, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to say that that definitely, that definitely motivates me is yeah. for people to meet me and write me off because, you know, tattooed up and I don't have the best education. I don't wear the finest clothes. Matter of fact, I couldn't give a damn less what label somebody wears. Right. It's that's not going to indicate who a person is to me. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. They, they look at you and they size you up from the moment that they see you. Yeah. And if you're not wearing this season's fashion and this or that, sure. man, I'll tell you, I'm too busy making money to worry about how much a clothes costs, right? So That's right. I'm not, and not to mention, we just moved to Florida last month. And brother, I've seen so many millionaires walking around with $20 t-shirts that it's- stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah being authentically you- is I think the, the, the point there. And I think for every listener too, that's super important because even inside of the business, like there, there's, there's days or there's moments when you have to play a certain role, right? Like, okay, so you're tatted up. I am too, but you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be a salesperson, you're going to go in and sell something in someone's home. Maybe you wear a long sleeve shirt. Maybe you don't. It, it just like depends upon where no, you I are, or what your process <laughs> is. Right. So you do, which yeah. is fine. It doesn't really matter to me, but the, the point is, is that sometimes we have to wear hats or, or roles, but then the, the underlying theme of it is to be authentically you, you can still be you on a long sleeve shirt, knowing that you're yeah. bringing a presence to a, you know, a meeting, but I think it's so oh. important, you know, just to be you. Well, you got to push past the snap judgment. <clears throat> there was a French poet. I can't tell you who it was. Cause I don't remember. I just remember the line. He says, give me five minutes to talk away this ugly face and I can bed the queen of England. There you and go. I thought to myself, Wow, that's actually kind of profound because, yeah, you have to push past that initial judgment that somebody's going to give you. Just like when someone asks, what do you do for a living? They're not asking because they care. They're asking to judge how much respect to give you. Because a lot of the times, if you answer that, oh, I'm a janitor. All right. Well, their level of respect is down here. However, yep. you say I'm a hedge fund manager, all of a sudden, ah, yes, I enjoy polo too. All right. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's who they are. And, you know, you've got to play the game sometimes. Yeah, I receive that. And I think that there's, I think it's also too, like the flip of the coin there is us as individuals. Like if, if we know someone's judging us and what you're saying is, look, just get past it. Don't worry about it. Don't take offense to it. Just press through. I think that's where you and I are just like, you know what? I really don't care what you think anyway now in certain circumstances we're gonna you know wear certain hats wear certain roles but yeah. then it's also then the giving of that like when you realize that then you can give that to someone as well when you first meet someone and your brain does the same thing they you go to initial judgment but when you when you can understand the power of like this person has a story Absolutely. this person maybe comes from a different place and and now i'm curious now i want to get to know this person it opens you up to networking and creating relationships doing podcasts sure with does. each other x you know yeah. dot 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 down the road you know which is just where real real things can happen real life real relationship whether it's business deals or not it just opens you up to to what's uh, actually being genuine with people right yeah all right well so along the way you've made some some decisions i would say you've probably made some really good ones but before we go to the good ones i want to know Something that you did that was just a terrible decision. Like, give us the really juicy bad one. All right. So this one is, it's actually going to be more personal than okay. a business decision. So in 2017, February of 2017, just to lay the framework for you, I had gotten my real estate license. I was doing inside sales, working eight to five, and 
I thought that was going to be the job that I was going to ride out. Right. That was, yeah. that was the one. And we had been buying some rental properties and that's going to be our retirement. Everything's going to be great. And then steps in another catalyst. And this guy was just, he was like Steve jobs without the talent. You know, this guy was a manager, not a leader. And okay. that was his way of provoking or motivating was through negativity. So he just really, the, the whole work environment, the whole sales team just really was not enjoying it. So yeah. he motivated me to go ahead and get my license because I'd realized the previous year that I actually would have exceeded my annual income just in commission on the stuff that we had bought. Right. So I said, all right, great. I'll just get licensed by my own. And then I'll sell some other real estate on the side. Sure. Little did I know how that was going to change, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So that being said, I, I got so super motivated and I'm not sure if you have it or not, but I feel like I've got a touch of the ADHD. So oh, yeah. I, I think every entrepreneur focus, does. <laughs> man, yeah. Oh God. It can be such a powerful tool, but also detrimental. So, and that's what happened. You know, I would wake up at five o'clock. I would scour the MLS looking for deals. And for anybody that's not familiar with real estate, that's the multiple listing service. That's kind of like our hot sheet of deals coming on the market. And I would look at that, contact clients, send out morning texts, and then about seven o'clock, I would scramble to get out the door and get to work. And then I would put in until my break time, I'd make my sales calls for my job. And then that 15 minute break, I would go out and I would return texts, emails, yep. come back in, work till lunch. After lunch, boom, I'm running out there scheduling showings if I can get one in. And then I'll get back there, finish up the day. Afternoon break. Well, here comes five o'clock. Five o'clock is now my time. And I started taking that and I was running with it, man. I was, I was working till nine, 10 o'clock at night, you know, showing houses, analyzing deals, just doing everything that I could kind of just a, kind of like a rabbit animal. You know, I mean, I was just all over the place getting whatever I could to get the results that I needed to yeah. be able to quit this job. Everything that you've described so far, so I can't wait for what you're about to say. Everything that you've said so far, I think that every entrepreneur listening can relate to the extra, the hustle, the five o'clock being halftime. Like we've all put in the hours. We've all been ADD. So I'm curious to know, hear what you guys yeah. said. Well, it was actually my wife. It was, I don't know. I'm trying not to like, I don't talk about this part a lot, but uh, I don't know. It was probably six o'clock, seven o'clock one night. I was out some country ass road waiting for my client to show up so I could show a house. And I, I remember distinctly, I'd stopped at the convenience store, grabbed the burrito for supper. And I was talking to my wife and she actually told me, she's like, you know, what are we doing? You know, I, I feel like I don't see you. I feel like we're roommates. And man, that hit me like a fucking sledgehammer. I'm not yeah. going to lie. So it was in that moment I realized what, what am I doing all this for if the person that I'm doing this for isn't going to be around <laughs> to enjoy it? So at that point, I realized work-life balance had to be there. So I immediately started bringing that in. And then that was the realization for me that, you know, it's good to have the hustle, but not if it's going to cost you the person that you're doing it for. So that was, yeah, that was my biggest it, mistake. You know... I think every entrepreneur can relate to that and, you know, wife, kids, uh, freedom, if we're going to go back to that, right, is, I mean, there's this constant like back and forth, you, you press in, you grind, or you have freedom, right? And, and as soon as you, at least high performers, at least how I feel, as soon as you yeah. get to that place where you've created some systems, you've got a little passive income, 
it feels freedom feels as if maybe you're taking your foot off the gas. It does. And, and you, you know, feel guilty. For, yeah. And you feel guilty. Yeah. And so tell us what you've done since that moment. Cause obviously that was like, you know, huge for you, even just you sharing it is, is big. And so that became important to you, but like practically, what does that look like now? Uh, scheduled date nights. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing that we started, you know, really focusing on because like I explained to her, you know, my day will fill and you know what cognitive dissonance is, I would assume, right. To where yep. it's like, if it's not in front of me, it doesn't exist. 100%. And I would, I would have to check my schedule and say, Oh, I need to wrap this up. I've got dinner tonight. You know, so we became more intentional about the time that we did have together. And with that, I also was able to explain to her why we were working so hard. And my wife's personality type is very much, you will meet resistance if she doesn't understand what's going on. So once I learned that and started to explain to her, she was able to have an option to buy in. And once she bought in, man, I realized that I wasted so much time you know, just with the stress of everything else, whenever I could have just brought her in at the beginning and shared my goals, my vision, and also the expectations of what it's going to take to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, the topic of what we're discussing is so powerful in every home that, especially where there's a business, but, but even more than that, just a healthy relationship when you're communicating expectation, when you're communicating targets and goals, and I can, I can relate to you from having a, a strong-willed wife, is what I'm hearing you say on the other side. No doubt, so, yeah. So for you guys, okay, so here's where I think a lot of, especially, you know, male entrepreneurs is like, oh, I don't want to bring home the stress, right? I don't want her to have to wait, you know, have the weight of it. And, and I feel that same way too. And yeah. so there are plenty of things that I bring my wife in, especially when it comes to goals and, and trying to dissect things. But then there are things that I don't. Where, where do you find that you guys have found the balance there? I give her as much information as she wants. So one of the things that I also learned was not only does she need the, the buy-in, but it was probably three years ago, two years ago. I actually, you know, I showed my wife, I said, look, this is how we open LLC and congratulations. This is your LLC now. This is how we buy our properties. This is how I want you to analyze everything else. It was just like I took on a mentoring student. And to that point, we actually go and she starts buying rental properties under her LLC name. She's the only one on it. She does the promissory notes, everything according to that structure. And that educated her into the process. But also whenever she starts seeing those rent checks come in that have payable to her LLC Mm. and she gets to go and say, oh, I want a new LV purse. Well, baby girl, you got it. Go get it. (laughs) You know, so that's, that's where, you know, at that point now she's able to understand it, but also I realized that I was doing her a disservice by trying to shelter her from everything. You know, whenever a 10 would call and they would, you know, cuss because I'm charging them late fees for being 10 days late, or if I have an eviction, you know, something like that, that, you know, she was like, she's going to ask me why, why, why? So I decided, why don't we just bring you in and give you just that in-person experience. So now whenever, you know, I get one of those calls, she no longer says, who was that? What was that? And, you know, to us, we might feel like they're, they're asking a hundred questions just to make us repeat the day, but they just want to understand what we're doing and what we're going through. That was really one of the keys for me was to to bring her in, create her own business as well. And I mean, shoot, now she's got four, well, 
for Airbnbs. She's taken some of her rentals, converted a couple to Airbnbs. And yeah. I mean, she's, she's killing it, you know, so awesome. not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you connected it to the like mentoring, like a student, you know, and yeah. uh, if she was willing to, you know, have that relationship where she wanted to learn, she wanted to go with you, you know, and kind of like learn your ways. I think that that makes so much sense. And, and then now the conversations are more about where we're going as opposed to what happened to Exactly. You know, so, how do we get past this? You know, right. the pandemic, the moratorium, one of the key things for her. And she just, it was like the flip of a switch, man. She, you know, she's like, well, what do we do? We, we can't evict anybody. We, you know, all this other stuff. And for anybody listening, there was an eviction moratorium. And with that, we could not evict for non-payment of rent. What people fail to pivot or realize during this is that, yeah, that's true. You couldn't evict for non-payment. However, you could evict for lease violations. And on your new leases, you did not have to commit to a year. So ever since then, we've changed our entire business model to where we only do month-to-month -month leases except for housing tenants. Section 8 does require year-long lease. So yeah. those are just a couple of those things, but it became more of a collaborative effort than me just saying, oh, we do this. And then, you know, answering an interrogation or right. any kind of line of questioning. No, she understands and she's ready for it. Yeah. So I, I love how, you know, long story short, that was your bad decision that turned into yeah. basically helping you a ton in your business, yeah. which I, I love. So let's flip the coin here and let's talk about maybe a good decision that you made along the way, maybe outside of bringing in your wife, since you just kind of gave us a, a secret to that one. What, what else have you done that just like catapulted the business? So I think that a lot of it really just kind of comes down to understanding that regardless of whatever the obstacle is, there's a solution somewhere. And, you know, the good decisions really come with that ability to pivot. And I, I would yeah. say that navigating through the eviction moratorium with yeah. only one, no, I'm sorry. We had two evictions that we had to do during that time for non-payment of rent. And that was, that was the only thing that, I really have to say it really changed the game for us is being able to pivot and see obstacles as opportunities. That yeah. was, that was the best decision. And it really kind of comes down to mindset. Chaz, I know that in talking to me, you've already picked it out. I'm not the most educated guy. I'm a little rough around the edges, but I do believe that mindset is key in whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny as you were talking there, I was thinking in my brain, oh, this is all mindset. And then boom, you're like, it's just all mindset. I'm like, man, yes, it is absolutely mindset. And which is, which is controllable. Yes. And, and it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter that you grew up single mom family and no money, or it doesn't matter that you, you know, didn't know your dad growing up, or it doesn't matter that you dropped out of, or almost dropped Barely out of high school. Out of high school. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so it's like, I, I just think that the mindset piece is is something that you can grow in even constantly, even now, like I'm trying to level up in mindset even today, because I think it controls most things. And so tell me about like, when it comes to decision-making, do you have a certain process or a discipline that you kind of take decisions through in order to kind of, kind of press into good decisions nowadays? Yeah. So one of the things that I really focus on is blending practicality with intuition. You know, mm. uh, if a deal is on the table and it all pencils out, but something still doesn't seem right. Don't be afraid to walk away and find another opportunity. That and really just kind of drawing that line and teaching other people how to treat you. You know, like my clients, my investors that I work with, they understand I'm not taking your call at 10 o'clock at night unless it's an emergency, you know? And I, I have had that before where clients would just call because over time you develop a friendship 
But right. that friendship, what they don't understand is you just put in 14 hours and you're trying to spend some time with the family. And yeah. if you want to call me to shoot the shit, do it tomorrow. You know, so that and being able to, like I said, draw that line of how you're going to treat me and how I'm going to treat you, setting expectations, but also holding people accountable. You know, I would say that that's really the process because holding people accountable will teach you who you can work with and who you can't work with. Yeah, I get you gave so many just like clear practicals there. I want to kind of pull them out for the listener. Number one is don't be afraid to walk away from the deal. So even though the deal may pencil out or the client and the, depending upon what type of business they're running, whether it's yeah. the client, whether it's the deal, whether it's the, the whatever, if it, if it doesn't pencil out, number one, you just don't do it. If it does pencil out, but your intuition is saying, mm, maybe not, I've got a deal actually right now. I got 150 acres under contract and I think it's like a super unique thing, but I, there's just something I've something already spent like almost it. 10 grand on it. Like with a, yeah. Like all this history and 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 the research that I've had to I've hired a consultant, and I'm I'm walking away from the deal, spending this type of money on going ah, there's so much opportunity here. But anyway, you got to walk <laughs> away from the deal, and then uh, the practicality of of what that looks like, you know, afterwards is being able to go well. There's opportunity train going to come the next time or another client or whatever, but you got to straight stay true to that decision making process, if you will. So that's huge. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you'll always or I feel that if you choose peace over profits, profits will come. But if you're just living in utter chaos and miserable the whole time, who cares? Who cares about profit? You know, yeah. I actually just walked away from a deal prime. I'm in Naples, Florida. And if you're familiar with Southwest Florida, it is just insane right now. A guy brought me five and a half acres for $850,000 and it's on prime location. I'm talking self-storage. It was going to be a nice eight to $10 million project and too many red flags you know, too much pressure from the wrong angles. And I'm like, you know, yep. something just doesn't feel right here. So mm -hmm. respectfully, sir, uh, I don't think that I can do this with you. Yeah. So you've got to yeah, take you, the piece. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think at this point, you know, cause I'm, th I'm just thinking back to the listener's shoes, you know, in a six figure business and whether you've been there for a long time or not, the reality of it is, is that you're, you're only so far down the road in business. And so for me mentally at that point, I was, I was just trying to grab on to something to get me there, you know? And so I yeah. think that you, we can, you can lose sight of the poise that you're talking about in that deal-making of, Hmm, this isn't the right one for me, but when you're, but when you're just trying to figure out the, the right little hook and, and maybe you'll mention it later, but you know, the, the book that you had told my team about, but sometimes it's like, you just you know, like you just need to grab onto something that gives you a little luck, you know, and it's not like luck is like something random happened, but it's like, I was just trying to grab the right opportunity at the right time that, uh, you know, from the outside looks like luck. But when you do that, you're, you're not focused kind of going back yeah. to the ADD piece where it's just like, you're just like, you're just trying to grab onto anything and you lose time, money, effort, energy, freedom. Really. You mentioned chaos. Really. Right. You lose yeah. freedom, really. Yeah. It's one thing, you know, business will be chaotic. However, you have to work to control that as much as possible or insulate yourself from the highs and the lows as much as possible. Yeah. I think you said that at the beginning, which was even just the the number that you're after you're trying to insulate for the up and down. You know, I'm trying to live a lifestyle that that is free, but yep. at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to just live a cush life for a couple of years and then something, you know, happens. I want exactly. to be able to sustain Good stuff, man. Okay. Well, I'd love to transition here to the speed round if you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One word answers if possible, but I might dig in for more. First question is if you could only pick one metric, 
in all of your businesses. So think about them all. You only pick one metric to pick and track for the rest of all time. What would it be? Productivity. Productivity. Tell me what that means. It means that if you spend 40 hours and you only made two calls, you're not very productive, are you? So, however, if you spend one hour and you were very intentional with that time and you made 20 calls, well, I'm sure you're going to be more productive because now you still got the other 39 hours that I just gave in this example to go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Productivity. So, time the, on task. There you go. Exactly. Second question is what book would you recommend that a six figure owner read who's trying to get to that seven figure mark? You know, I've bounced back and forth on that question. I've got to tell you, team asked a really good question with that. And just kind of circling back to mindset. Yeah. The daily stoic. Let me give let us, me give us your, your, your snapshot on the daily stoic. Yeah. So it's got great meditations from Mark Aurelius. You've got some of the other philosophers, Seneca, for example, to where the stoic lifestyle is more so to where not conditioning yourself to be a robot, but to understand that chaos comes, chaos goes, it's temporary. Joy will come, joy will go. It's temporary. Same with sadness and everything else. And by being aware of that and focusing on it, then you're able to control yourself a little bit more. Because if you're able to control yourself, well, you're going to really be surprised at what happens around you. If you're always in chaos, don't be surprised if your life is also full of it. You know, so with that, it's a daily meditation. It's a one page read, which is perfect for me. I promise you. So that, that one page read, I sit there and I think on it and then I do my daily meditation and then I have to say, all right, great. Now I'm ready for the day. But that one book I'll have to say is a constant improvement. And yeah. really, you know, you can't stay in business if you don't strive to improve. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. For the listener's sake here, I heard you say several things. I just want to uh, benefit their, their note-taking skills here. So number one is being able to, like you said, almost insulate the top and the bottom. It's the, it's the emotions that we go through and not to be stoic or, or robot, like you said, but to be able to know that those things come and go and to be able to control the environment is huge. And then <clears throat> beyond that, you also said that to, to repeat it. So you do it every single day, as well as then to have clear mind space so that you can think whether it's like you said meditation whether it's walking outside whether it's prayer whether it's you know whatever you want to call that moment where you just like stop and be and maybe there's a, a provoking question or scripture or or meditation yeah. piece or whatever but it it takes you to another place outside of the chaos that's going to happen in your business especially at the six figure mark they're in they're in it they're wearing the hat like they got probably 14 hats you know, as soon as they hit the door, AKA maybe even the phone, it's just like, it hits them every single day. I, I know that feeling, but what you're saying is that that place before all that is actually a super important in order to be able to control that piece of it. Well, and learning to respond rather than react is key. You know, for example, you've got people under you, I've got people under me, and I can tell you that they would not respect us as leaders. Now, they might respect us as the person that signs their paycheck, sure. but if the person that they look to as their leader in this business and for their financial security, because that's what we're providing them, if the smallest thing happens over here and they go off the hinges, well, that's not somebody you really want to follow into battle daily. Is it right. so by learning to respond rather than react and, and kind of adopting somewhat of a stoic philosophy, you know, I, uh, I think that that, that helps. Yeah. I, I'm in so much agreement there. Okay. Next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other business owners? Yes. Okay. And so, why? 
All right. So a, a lot of that really is comes down to that philosophy of your network is your net worth, right? Yeah. So I knew starting out uh, as an investor, as a realtor, if I'm wanting to grow the business, people have to know that I'm in the business, you know? So my social media tries to reflect that, you know, I go out there for mind share and then I'll target market. Uh, sure. I want people yeah. to know that I'm out there. My name is Lee Nugent. How are you doing? And I'm going to share some content with you. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think. It'll make you contemplate. And then every now and then you're going to still get that subtle reminder that, hey, I'm a pretty badass realtor. And that's where it is. Or, you yeah. know, you would be amazed at, you know, the deals that we found by simply telling people, hey, we're looking to buy a flip this week. Who do you know that has a fixer upper? You know, yeah. so I'll go to networking events. I'll I was actually past president of our local real estate investor association back in okay. Louisiana. And, you know, being that we just moved here to, to Florida, I've been practicing what I preach. So I'm back in it. So I'm going to just yep. about every networking event I can find, shaking hands, collecting business cards, giving them out, and then seeing what value that I can bring to somebody else. I like to lead with value whenever I do my networking so that people don't just sit here and think, what's this person want from me? Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. I love that. That mindset. We keep going back to mindset, but it helps us do everything. So yeah. I appreciate that. You can that. YouTube and but, you can Google every formula out there for analyzing real estate and business. But if your mindset isn't there, it's, it's all a waste. Yeah. And I think even to the next level there, what you were just saying, you can, you can get the how to's in a course or on YouTube or, yeah. or TikTok, whatever, but they, they can't know Lee specifically yeah. unless Lee sticks out his hand, you know, exactly. can't do deals with Lee unless they know Lee. And so I think that everything you just said is huge. And I think it applies for every single person listening. It's part of the reason why I have the question there, but they have to be able to get outside themselves. Networking and masterminding could be different, but shaking hands and, and like you said, the people that surround yourself, you know, around you are a big deal. Okay. Last question. Are you ready? Fire away. If you lost it all, what would you do, man? Shit. I'd borrow five bucks from you and I'd go and adopt that Gary V garage sale strategy. I mean, seriously. So I know a lot of people joke about it, man, but one day my wife and I actually did it. We, we woke up on a Saturday morning. There was a neighborhood garage sale. And I said, look, I'll tell you what, we're going to bet each other dinner that we're going to go out here. I'm going to give you five. I'm taking five. Whoever yep. sells for the most profit, that person actually gets dinner from the other person, wherever Love they choose. It. And uh, needless to say, I bought something. She bought something. She sold hers for $45. I got it for 46 Oh, let me just leave you guys with another lesson that sometimes it's better to just let your wife win. Oh, yes. Especially yeah. just $1, bro. Don't I do know, it. man. Yeah, that was that was insult to injury right there. So, you know, it's funny. If she heard you say that, she'd be like, don't let me win. You know? Well, <laughs> she's not the for type. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because she damn sure won't let me. So, you exactly. know, I've got to earn every win I make. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, good stuff, man. I hear you saying that you... You wouldn't be the end of you. It wouldn't be the end of you guys, you and your and your wife. And, and you'd probably just build it back up, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, well, I came from nothing. If I go back to it, it's just a quick stop. I'll build it back up. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about what you know now. And if you had to just hit the reset button, you know, how much faster that you could do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The history of the goods, the bads, the ugly, all makes it worth it. So, Lee, I just so appreciate your time, man. How can one of the uh, listeners connect with you if they wanted to find you? I know you uh, you haven't really plugged it, but you do some real estate coaching and, and some consulting. Yeah. If they want to reach out to you on that, how, how can they find you? Most social media, you'll find me at RE with Lee. 
So just think right. real estate with Lee. And yeah, I'm on most major platforms. So Facebook, Insta, I even have a TikTok account where I try to share some investing content and then just some stupid shit that I find along the way. So, you know, there ignore you that. And then, yeah. So real estate investing, private money lending, we started doing that. Um, just whatever we can to, to add value. If there's anything that I can do to reach out, please just understand that my DMs do get a little packed. So it might take a while to get back to you. However, I do, I would like to say I respond to everybody that reaches out. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I just so appreciate your time, the value that you've given here today, not only from a, from like a business, but also from an investing, but also from just a, being a good husband and making those adjustments in your marriage that uh, I think everybody listening probably was challenged today because of it. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate it personally. And uh, we just wish you nothing but success, man. I hope that the relationship continues and uh, we do some awesome deals together. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.